Good morning, everyone. How you doing? Oh, that was, that was really bad. Oh, gosh. Why don't you turn to the person next to you, look them deep in their eyes, and say, are you awake? <laughs> Brompton Road, and everyone watching uh, through the live stream, how are you? There we go, there we go. That's the energy that I remember. <laughs> um, before we begin, um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that as I speak today, may your voice be louder than mine. And I pray that as you speak through your word, through your truth, that it will connect to every single person that's listening in this room and also watching through the live stream. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the title of today's message is A Simple Truth. And we're going to be looking at a passage in 1 Timothy um, from chapter 2, uh, looking at verse 1 um, through to 6. So it goes like this, and it should come up on the screens. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. That man is Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. So this particular letter was written by the Apostle Paul to encourage and teach Timothy, who was a young leader and also a close friend to Paul. Paul sent him to the church in Ephesus to serve as a leader for a period of time. Paul had hoped to visit Timothy while he was there. But in the meantime, he wrote two letters, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, to give him practical advice about ministry. Now, I quite like Timothy because Timothy is a young church leader and I consider myself to be a young church leader. His name begins with T and I, my name begins with T as well. So there's, a, there's already, there's a connection. And I feel like if Timothy was around today, me and him would get along. I could see myself having a nice Chinese with Timothy while we discuss all things theology. And my preference is sweet and sour chicken, special fried rice, satay sword, sauce, come on now, crispy seaweed, and if the budget is looking right, I might throw some crab claws in there as well. Come on now. I know someone understands. Come on. Amen. Amen to that. But more importantly... There is something specific in these verses that hold a simple truth that was true back in Ephesus, but it's also true for us today at Brompton Road. As we look at the first two verses, we see that his first instruction is for the church to pray. Pray for all people, for all kings, and all those that are in authority. And it's so interesting because the king of our nation, King Charles, just had his coronation. 
And it's a reminder to me and it's a reminder to us as a church that we should intercede and pray for King Charles. We should intercede and pray for all those that are in authority, not just in our nation, but across the world. As we prayed earlier, we can see that all around the world there's difficult things happening. But we, as people, should be praying for them. Praying that they will govern in a justly way. And as I looked at this verse, I just, it came to me and it made me realize what a mystery, this beautiful mystery that this all-knowing, all-powerful God chooses to let us be involved through prayer in how he is changing and influencing this world. We get to partner with that. But you know, sometimes when you're reading certain Bible verses, you read it and you're like, Oh, that's lovely. You know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, that's very lovely. You know, love one another. Oh, that's nice. But this particular passage came to me, and it's the latter part of this passage that just stood out to me. And it's verse four in particular. He who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And the message version goes like this. It says, he wants not only us, but everyone to be saved, everyone to get to know the truth we've learned. Paul's conviction in this letter is that God's invitation to know him is a universal invitation that extends to all people. So this world that God so loves, that love includes every single person. Whatever you've done, Whoever you are, wherever you're from, even no matter what football team you support, even if you're a Man City supporter, that love and invitation is extended to you. I'm a Manchester United supporter, so you can see there's a bit of tension. Come on, yes to the Man United crew. I know we're not doing as well as Man City, but that's a different conversation for another day. But what these verses also highlight, it's God's mercy and his promise of reaching out and exchanging his son for your freedom, for my freedom. And that doesn't just reach out to us, but it reaches out to all of our loved ones. It reaches out to every single person that doesn't know him personally. As Archie said, Alpha is starting in the, in the next three days. And as I was thinking about what to speak about, on this Alpha Sunday, the question just popped up in my mind. Why is it that we do Alpha? Why is Alpha so central to our church at HTB? And I think it's for this simple truth that it says in verse four, that he who wants all to come to know him and understand the truth. You know, it's hard to know who Jesus really is until you have the opportunity to hear and understand that truth. And I'm not saying that Alpha is the only way in which you can understand that truth. But what I am saying is Alpha is an incredible vehicle in which people can come on a journey and discover the truth of who Jesus is. And we see that from the stories in which we've heard before. And I see that also when I look at my own life. Why did I do Alpha? So my story 
begins with me working in the fashion industry and doing modeling. So I wasn't always a leader here at church. And in that space, I recently came out of um, my parents being divorced. Now, I didn't realize the pain that I was going to experience from, from going through that. It didn't hit me instantly, but it hit me later on. And what I realized for those years afterwards, all I tried to do is try and bridge that gap between the pain in which I had in my heart and trying to discover my purpose. So what I did is I just wedged in between that, parties and alcohol and dating and all these different things. I exhausted all those options. But I was just searching and longing for something. And it's so interesting because it was a particular moment when I was standing in a club where I felt God speak to me. And he gave me that impression. And the question just came into my heart. Is there more to life than this? Is my life going to look like this forever? Surely not. Shortly after that, I end up doing an Alpha course. And then I, begin, I began that journey of understanding who Jesus was of understanding that I can give that pain to Jesus and he can liberate me and free me to find my purpose. I was longing for something more. John 8.32 says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In other words, there is an underlying desire for truth in each of us. And what that does, that deep down inside of us, it gives us that sense of personal longing. And what that does is it creates these questions. You start to ask these questions. Why am I here? Who am I? What is my purpose? Those are the very questions that I asked when I did the Alpha course. Archie um, mentioned that I'm now leading Alpha at HCB. So I went from being a guest, not knowing my purpose, to now leading Alpha at HCB. I don't know who's more surprised, me or God, to be honest. <laughs> but I'm just one story, and these guys are a few more. But the impact of all these different people from all around the world, 30 million people who've tried the Alpha course, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing to celebrate. But why do others do Alpha? You know, why do others come and do it? Is it because they're maybe searching for more? Maybe they're going through challenging times? Maybe they have questions. Or maybe like what Vanessa shared last week about her experience of Alpha, maybe they just come to do a science experiment. Or maybe they're just curious. And I can think of someone, my friend Anthony, he was curious. You see, Anthony, I tried to invite him to come to Alpha several times, and he kept saying, nah, man, that's long. That was his response. And it was a particular time when we was on an Alpha weekend. We were having a party because I've come to understand that the Christian experience is both solemn but also a celebration. So what we do on Alpha is that we try to demonstrate joy and that celebration. So we were having this party, and obviously, as, I, as we all do now, well, most of us, I post it up onto social media. And surprise, surprise, who messaged me first? Anthony. He goes, yo, bruv, why didn't you invite me to the party? 
I said, this is church. I'm at Alpha. He goes, really? And you're dancing? I said, yes. But Anthony was single at that time. So what he really saw in that video, <laughs> he said, yo, bro, who's those girls in the background? I said, Anthony, I'd love to introduce you to these ladies, but you don't want to come to church, so it's your loss. The next term on Alpha, guess who decides to turn up? <laughs> Anthony. He decided to turn up. And he came and did Alpha, and each week, he started to understand the truth of who Jesus was. And you could slowly start to see how his life was just transforming. So what me and Anthony used to do back in the day, we'd always go to um, Stockholm in Sweden for, for parties. Little did I know that Stockholm is more than Swedish meatballs and the Volvo. They've got great parties too. And there was one particular holiday when we were going and we were just about to um, go onto the flight and Anthony just, he just wasn't himself anymore. You can see that there was something wrong. And he was just filled with this deep anxiety, this crippling anxiety. And maybe some of you know how that feels like. The type of anxiety that it just feels so dooming. And he said to me, bro, like, I feel like I'm going to die. And it was so tough for me to see that. So we went off to Stockholm, and instead of going to have our parties, we opted for an alternative. We decided to watch David Attenborough in the hotel. And as the giraffes looked over to field, <laughs> and then he looked at me, and he said, bro, they spoke about prayer on one of the weeks on Alpha. Could you pray for me? I said, sure. I said the most simplest prayer. I said, God, please make Anthony feel better. Amen. And as we continued to watch the giraffes, we just waited. True story. It was about 15 minutes later. Anthony got up and he went towards the door and he was like, yo, bro, I think I'm starting to feel all right, you know. I think I'm ready to party now. And I just sat there just in wonder that, wow, the kindness of God, the freedom that Anthony wanted to experience, he was able to experience that when he didn't think he had any other option. That is the freedom, that is the liberation that Jesus brings to your life. Anthony came to Alpha because of his curiosity. And it's safe to say, the thing that brought him is exactly what he left with. So it got to an Alpha weekend and we were in Butlins in Bogner Regis. And he met Amy. And three weeks ago, Anthony and Amy got married. <laughs> so it's safe to say Anthony got exactly what he came for. Yeah. But what's even more surprising is that he found love in Bogner Regis. Now, I don't know if you've been to Bogner Regis, but it's no Barbados. And if anyone in here is from Bogner Regis, no offense, I'm just saying. Bogner is a beautiful place, but... If you can find love there, then Jesus must be real after all, <laughs> honestly. Anthony's story is just one of many. 
And I've known Anthony for so long, and he would have never come to church, let alone do an Alpha course. But he did, and his life got transformed. And when I listen to these guys share their experience as well, it encourages me. Like, wow. When all these things is happening in this world and there's so much pain and and heartache and questions and stuff, that we get to provide a space for people to come and ask questions and discover who Jesus is. That's the most beautiful gift. And many of us in this room have experienced this precious gift. So what does that mean for us as a church? What does that mean for us as a service? What does that mean for us as a community? What does that mean for us as a family? When I read this passage, it reminds me of the simple truth that we have the confidence and we have the assurance that God desires for all to come to know him. So if we have received that gift, why don't we share that with others? The beginning of this passage, Paul's first instruction to the church was to pray. So why don't we stand and we'll pray now.